Well, I'm Pastor Norm, if you haven't met me yet. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here, and my wife, Pastor Barb's in the back holding. Which baby do you have? <laughs> Ours? Corbin. <laughs> she was holding a little girl a little bit ago, and I'm like, she's adorable. I was like half of the size of Corbin. Oh, there she is over here. <laughs> yeah, they are so precious at that age. You know what, what I love is the scripture that says, God has ordained. God has ordained the praise out of these little ones. They were made to worship. And I loved watching Corbin. Uh, I think his dad had him at the moment when Barb had, what's your, your daughter's name? Grace. So Barb had Gracie over here, and Corbin was in her dad, his dad's hands, and Corbin's looking at Mima going, what's up with this? <laughs> you know? And I, I'm not saying he was jealous. I think he was just more like, hey, what's up? <laughs> but then when you guys started worshiping, I just, his little hands, she, Barb's taught him this, but his little hands are going up, and he's doing this. That's why it's so important that we bring our kids to church. They have to be trained up in the way that they should go. And then when they're old, they will not stray from it. Hallelujah. And it's never too late. If your son or daughter's 22, do whatever it takes. Say, hey, I'll buy you a lunch at Lucky's after church, but you got to come first. Or whatever, you know. Uh, again, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting into the message, but it has to do today with worship. Why is it important? God loves us. He loves you. He loves me. And he wants a relationship with us. And worship is just a, an integral part of that. And I don't know, the, the folks that came up, I don't know, uh, I think Mary said something about, hey, you know, if you want to come up, you can. And a bunch of people bolted toward the front. And, <laughs> and I didn't sense it back there. I mean, I felt like God was here, but I didn't sense it. And then I got up here, and it was like, man, it was like... <clears throat> Don't miss out. Get out of your seat. <laughs> Come on up. And, and I look at it like, you know, many of us are like this. We go to the lake and we're like, Ugh. <laughs> you know. And the folks that came up here, you, were, oh, you dove in. Somebody call a chiropractor. <laughs> what I have sensed this week in prayer as I've studied, God wants a relationship with us. And the Holy Spirit goes after us long before we say yes to Him. Jesus is praying for us long before we commit our lives to him. That's the kind of God you and I serve. And the question is, why does he go after us? Because he wants all men to be saved. You get that? Which means what? Is it once and done? No, it... That's the beginning, and, and that's what God wants from that. He wants all men to be saved so that, if I can put it this way, they have enter into a deeper relationship with Him. God doesn't just, you know, some believe God started the clock, set everything in motion, and then just stepped back and went, okay. 
Let her go. See you at the end of time. We don't believe that. We believe the Bible to be true, that God intervenes, that God moves in the hearts and lives of his people, that he's active today just as he was when Jesus walked this earth. Just as he was when Adam and Eve were in the garden. God is involved. That relationship amounts to a give and take between creator and created. Look at your neighbor and say, you're the created. This is where worship comes in. Because we have been created because we recognize that God did this. And there isn't a person in this room that isn't absolutely amazing. Every cell, they have discovered that DNA is so powerful, and I don't know where this is going, but there's... No, I don't mean what I'm saying. I mean the DNA part. They're actually writing, you know, the zeros in the one thing, like they do with computers. They're writing that on DNA, and it is so vast, they can't, it'll hold everything. There's no end to what it can store. What does that mean? God knew what he was doing. You are a miracle. Every one of you, because not a single person in this room is like anybody else in here. Just look at Don's girls. <laughs> I'm picking on you. And it's awesome. The differences in us, it's amazing. And that's the kind of God we serve. And it is out of a heart of thanksgiving that we worship Him. Worship is just the natural act that comes from us observing what God has done and is doing and will continue to do. The word worship in the Cambridge Dictionary means to have or show a strong feeling of respect and admiration for God. Is that how you feel? Do you respect God? Not everybody does. Anybody ever run into somebody that doesn't? Even to the point of saying God doesn't exist. That's probably the ultimate negative. That's why it's the Antichrist. We worship him, meaning we show strong feelings of respect toward him and admiration because of what he's done in our lives. Worship, get this, is, a, is give and take. You give, you take. God gives, he takes. What's he take from us? Thank you. He takes the stuff that we don't need and gives us what we do. We, t we take what we need and we give what we don't need. And then sometimes we give that praise that he looks forward to. If you want to get a good grasp of what it means to worship the Lord, start with the Psalms. The book of Psalms, it gives us hundreds of reasons to praise the Lord and to worship Him. Reading the psalm is a great way to get to know God. You hear from the hearts of the authors that wrote them, and you know, like David, uh, uh, Solomon, and unknowns. We don't know, we call them the psalmist, but we don't know everybody that wrote the psalms. But they were from the people's hearts in communion with God. And we can learn a lot from them. There are how many? Of course, you'd know that. There are 150 psalms. And they contain different themes. And, and I, as I was studying this out, I found this out. 
You know what the number one theme in the psalm is? Do you know? You're going you're gonna to throw it out or no? Okay. Lamenting. Which is what? Sharing your sorrows with him. You know what's okay to go to God and say, I'm hurting. I don't know what to do. What do you want me to do? Why are these people always picking on me? No, that's something. That's but that's the kind of things that you will see in the psalm. The number one thing in there is lamenting or bringing, bringing their sorrows to God. And, and, and here's a, a good one that just illustrates this. Psalm 55, 1 and 2. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my cry for help. Please listen and answer me, for I am overwhelmed by my troubles. Does that sound like any of your prayers lately? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. What this shows us is God wants to hear from us. No burden is too heavy for Him. He has broad shoulders. He can take whatever it is that you're going through. And, and what I love is that, is that King David knew that. He wouldn't have been the king that he was had he not had this relationship with God. But I believe it was because of his unloading on God and then letting God download into him that he was healthier for it. And he, in a general sense, and, and guess what? He was a sinner. He didn't do everything right. But that didn't matter. In the end, God loved him. He loved God. And we're going to see him in heaven one day. I believe many of us would be healthier if we would practice what David practiced. Going to God with our sorrows. Letting him know that we're hurting. Amen? Amen. Guess what the second major theme is? Praise. Who said it? Yes! Praise! Number two, way up there on the, the biggest hits in the Psalms. <laughs> right? So what does that tell us? That praising is? Come on, three of you are saying it? It's important. It's important to praise God. And again, here's a great one. Uh, Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Yes, give read this with me. Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, now and forever, everywhere from east to west. Praise the name of the Lord, for the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Hallelujah. Be a good time to toot. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was a one-handed shofar move, so <laughs> that was good. <laughs> the psalmist shows that God is to be praised forever, at all times, and everywhere. It doesn't get any clearer for us. Worship should be a daily part of our lives. When I was over here again this morning and I just felt that spirit on me. And the Lord just, he said, I want this from all of your people. Amen. I want them to understand this principle. That when they worship me, when they come into that place, wherever it is, and, and, and I don't want to name a place. Where can you worship God? In your bathroom? In the shower? For some of you who are in a barracks type situation, that's not easy to find a place to get alone. Maybe go for a walk. I mean, it's not as easy in the weather when it's below zero, but <laughs> dress for it. I don't know. If you have children, I get it. It's not easy to find that place where you can get intimate with God and you're not... Hearing that little, mammy. 
God wants that kind of relationship with us every single day. And if we get this, <laughs> hang on to your nylons. <laughs> Why do we worship the Lord? Because he's supreme. Because he's the king. <laughs> because he's the creator. I talked about that. Because he's everlasting. And so will we be. And because he's loving. These are just some of the reasons that we worship him. He deserves our praise. Amen? And the, the two major themes of the Psalms, lamenting and praise, they're not it. There are, there are what I call minor themes in there as well, and, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on these, but just so you have an idea, giving thanks. I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. It should be every day. Listen, if you find yourself in a place where all hell's breaking loose against you, what should you do? Start giving thanks for the little things that you can identify. Thank you for the heat in my room, Lord. It's minus one outside. It's 68 in here. Just go where you got to go, and eventually you'll get on a roll, and then it'll get easy. Hallelujah. There are also hymns in the psalm, and, and it's a little harder to sing them as hymns when we translate into English. Uh, but, you know, in the Hebrew language, it was a lot easier. So, just saying. But that's what some of them were intended for, was, were to be sung. There's a sprinkling of wisdom in it. I like to say a lot of wisdom, but you'll find, though, that uh, it's almost like the Proverbs. You'll hear little, little tidbits here and there. There's a lot of talk about trust. You have to trust the Lord. Even today, Faith is necessary if you're a child of God. And then, of course, one of the final things I'll point out is that there's a lot of talk about royalty. Kings. Kings. God ministered to kings. God used kings to accomplish the things he was trying to accomplish. Very important. Psalm 92 says this, It is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening, accompanied by the ten-stringed harp and the melody of the lyre. You throw me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done for me. You know, you could use this to enter into your time of worship. Give thanks. Sing praises. When? When do we sing praises? Morning and evening. They're both covered there, which means the whole day. Play music to the Lord. If you have that ability, get your own instrument out. And if you don't, if you need to, if you have to, turn on a, a CD or whatever you listen to now, the, the Spotify or all the other ones that are out there. You may think that your praise to God is for Him, but it's really for you. He encourages us to worship Him because when we do, when we plug into the Holy Spirit, we benefit. You come away from that knowing that God has just put something in you or removed something, whichever way it goes. And it keeps our faith tuned into God. It keeps us strong even when the enemy's attacking us. We remain close to him. When we're worshiping the Lord, there's no room for negativity. You ever notice that? It's hard to be thinking poorly of your spouse or your child or a coworker if you're going, praise the Lord. Oh, you deadly rascal. You don't do that, do you? No, when you start praising him, Everything else, it becomes like a shadow around you. You don't even notice anything. 
At least that's the idea behind this. And I wanted you to go back to verse 4. Because that question, or I have a question that relates to that, and that is, does the Lord thrill you? Does the Lord thrill you? (laughs) Have you ever thought of that? Some of you are like, huh? What's that mean? For everybody here, it's different. How God responds to you and how you respond to Him, it's different. But here's the important part. He will do this if you will spend time with Him. And for some of you, this is a foreign concept. You're good at giving Him the Sunday morning, but hey, that's it, man. The rest of the week's mine. And what was it? That Greg said, 97% spend everything, or they spend 97% on themselves. That's a general thing. And we're like that with God. Well, God, here's your 3%. (laughs) I spent an hour and a half with you Sunday morning. Maybe two hours if you include travel time. Two and a half for some of you. And we think that's enough. And this is, this is the, the heartbeat I'm getting from God is He's saying, no! I want more of you. Oh. The Holy Spirit said that's not enough. Sunday morning is not enough for the servants of the Lord to stay healthy. Sunday morning worship is not enough for you to build a spiritual arsenal. Do you realize when you worship God, you are literally building your spirit up? You're coming out, you're going in wimpy, wimpy Norman, but you're coming out, I am mighty. I just moved my stomach to my chest or church. Sunday morning worship is not enough for God, and He wants more of you. Is that, is that okay to say that? Yes. Worship comes down to this. <laughs> Who knows what I'm going to say? You never know what's going to come out of me, do you? You're all like, I ain't saying nothing. I always get it wrong. We're getting to that. Don't be stealing my thunder. (laughs) Jesus made this point when he was speaking to the Samaritan woman at the side of the well. And I believe it's profound. Found in John 4. But the time is coming. What What is coming? The time is coming. Indeed, what? It's now. And by the way, that's my highlight. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, the Father is looking for those who will worship Him that way. Hello? Modern church, can you get this? Are you getting this? Those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And I think that as I I look at this, as I study this out, I believe what He was saying, both to the Samaritan woman and, and in a general sense to the Jewish Uh, nation as well he understood or they understood what it meant to worship God through their religion but Jesus was saying that's not enough if you're just worshiping me through your religion that's not enough look at your neighbor and say that's not enough it's a great start But it's not enough. That kind of worship, God said, was not enough. God wants His people to go deeper with Him. He wants His people, that's you and me, to worship Him because we're excited about it. (laughs) 
Spending time with God is not a drudgery. We should desire and look forward to that moment when our spirit, our soul, our body communes with God where we enter into that secret place. The holy of holies. Some of you have never been there and I'm just going to challenge you. Find that place. It's different for everybody here. Your secret place is going to be different than mine. It wouldn't be a secret (laughs) if everybody knew it. What does God have for you? He wants you to worship Him uniquely. Just as He designed you, He wants you to worship Him. And that can happen walking along the road, buzzing through the aisles with your cart, although if you're like Pastor Bob, you'll run into people, but she's shaking her head. You know it's true, though. (laughs) Wouldn't have said it if it wasn't. And it's, it's in that place. If you find it, folks, it's there that we get the thrill of being with God. We get the thrill. Ah, the Lord help us. So I ask, mighty believers, Servants of the Most High God, do you get excited about spending time with the Lord? Does He speak to you? Does He touch you? Does He reveal Himself to you? Not just here in this building. It's awesome when we come in here and you can sense God. But it's not enough. Nothing against worship. I love our worship team. I love what God's doing here. But it's not enough. Say it again with me. It's not enough. God wants more of you. Hallelujah. I actually had a slide for that. said it and I didn't even know it was up there. And we all decide how much of God we want in our life. It's a choice. Who said that? If you want more of God, if you want to go deeper with the Holy Spirit, hear this, there is a price to pay. You can't be lazy if you want more. As one person said, I do everything I can in the natural, and then God adds the supernatural. That's the idea. You step in with what you have, and God shows up. That's where miracles happen, by the way. I had an illustration, a real quick one. How many of you have ever bought tickets to go to a concert? All right. Do they cost money? Anything worth doing is going to cost something, right? Now, I wanted to talk... Ooh, sorry. I wanted to talk about the different levels. So, there's that nosebleed section those are the cheapest tickets right right all right how many of you buy the nosebleed section tickets then there's the back row section you know at least you're on the main floor they're they're a little more expensive but still pretty cheap then you have that middle section now you're starting to rub your shoulders with the elites, you know, the people that are really serious about this artist, this band, or whoever it is you're going to see. And finally, you're going to spend the most money on the front row seats. You know what cracks me up? Our front row is empty. And I, no offense. The front row is the most expensive because you get the feel of the artist. You're right there. You're, you're looking at their boots, and you can tell what kind of belt buckle they have and all that stuff. And when they spit, they spit on you. I mean, you're that close. Not intending to relate to anything I'm doing, by the way. But how many know there's another 
level. And I want to talk about that briefly. There's the backroom VIP pass. Now here's the thing, you can't buy this. These are given. You're invited to come backstage. They don't just let every wacko that wants to come backstage because they know people are weird. (laughs) But when you get that pass, you get to go back and you get to rub shoulders with them. They might even give you a t-shirt or sign something, you know, that maybe someday will be worth something. How many would agree that the back room pass is the best? That's what you really want, right? (laughs) Here's the good news. God is giving each of us the invitation to the back room. The VIP experience. God wants us to be able to come to Him in that kind of environment, rubbing shoulders with Him, where we can lament if we need to. Start with that. Get it off your chest. Then begin to praise and worship and give thanks. And then we open our hearts. We lift our arms. And the Lord meets us right where we're at. And He touches us. Listen, it's okay to feel from God Even though God is is a supernatural being, you can feel His presence. You know He's there. It's real. And He wants you to experience that. Have you ever been in that place, that secret place, where the hair on the backs of your neck, you're just like, God, is that you? Or is the fan blowing out? And then you realize it's Him. That gentle voice, that Holy Ghost wind blows through. Ah, that's awesome. That's what it means to be thrilled when you spend time with the Lord. So how do you begin worshiping like this? Some of you have never done this. Pastor Barb, did you leave me? Ah, there you are. I figured he'd come up with you. Pastor Barb, if you didn't know this, she loves to worship. (laughs) Not too good, but... (laughs) Can you explain to us a little bit in your own words? You know, now, because he asked me this yesterday, he goes, well, how do you worship? And I went, well, usually get up early in the morning. But as you were talking today, it reminded me how I started. You see, when we got saved, our little rugrats were teeny tiny. And our third son, won't mention any names, Andy, but um, <laughs> did not know how to stop moving. And I wanted to get up and get a good prayer time and worship with Jesus. So I'd roll out of bed, and every time I'd hit my door, I'd hear, Mommy! I mean, literally to the point when I'd roll out of bed, I would crawl down the hallway so he wouldn't see me from his crib. And I could never get too far without hearing, Mommy! I went, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) To the point, again, I got down the hallway, down our steps into a bathroom that wasn't finished, closed the door, get my Bible, and I heard, Mommy! I went, oh my goodness. I really want to praise the Lord. I really want to worship him. But with kids and him working afternoons, there was no time. So I set my alarm for 2 a.m. I got up every morning, sat down, started saying, thank you, Jesus, praising him, singing. And you know what happened? Out of that habit, now I get up at 4 o'clock, no alarm. But that's my time with God, amen? And I, so I put Pandora on, so I get my different you know, soaking music, worship, and I sing, and I thank God until I can get into his presence. I read the word. 
but it takes a habit, just like I, I tell the girls at the bear. You know, you want to get to know God, it's like working out. You go to the gym, and you don't want to be there, but you go because you want to change, and you start lifting those weights, and you're sore, and it hurts. And you, <laughs> but when you walk out, you're like, yeah, feeling good. Same with prayer. You're building that spiritual muscle. So it takes habit, and it takes time. But you find the time where you can get away with God, even if it's just for five minutes, and see what God does. Amen? You didn't have to stop. <laughs> you know, I was talking about, I know you won't believe this, but fishing. I worship, the, I worship the Lord when I'm in nature, and I love the colors of the sky, of the birds, of the animals, and the, the things that God puts in front of us. I'm just like, how amazing. God, you are so awesome. I look down in the water, and I, there are some lakes where you'll see thousands of minnows and all different kinds, and some minnows being chased by little bigger minnows and bigger minnows being chased by even bigger. And it, it's just amazing, and you see that cycle of life, and I can't help but go, God, you designed this. You created this for us. It's awesome. And, and I think about him, and I worship him. So what I'm trying to say is how you worship is going to be different wherever you go. And I'm not going to say I don't spend time in my prayer closet in that secret place, but all of us are made so different. I want you to understand that however you see fit is how God wants you to worship him. Don't think you got to be like Pastor Barb. You don't have to be like Pastor Norm. Here are just a few things, and I'm going to go through this quick, that might hinder your backroom experience. Thinking that deeper worship only happens in the church. I hope I've hit that pretty heavy already. This church is just a building. The Apostle Paul said this of God, that he doesn't need a building that humans have built. He told David that. He told Solomon that. Even though they were building this awesome temple, David wanted to build it, and God said, nope. He let Solomon build it, but even him, he said, I don't need this. Great that you're doing it. You're honoring me. Okay, cool. But you can't build anything for me. I'm God. Right? we got to get that in our heads. And, and in verse uh, 17, verse 24, he said, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since he is Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't live in what? Man-made temples. And human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. And I love this part. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God. And perhaps, I love this, feel their way toward him. That's what I'm suggesting here today. God wants you to feel your way toward him. And God says here, he says, he doesn't need man-made temples. Everybody point at yourself. What is this? No, it's, it's not man-made, is it? This is God-made. This is where God wants to live. In you. Hallelujah. And that's what this is saying. Feel your way toward him and find him. He's not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and exist. Number two, thinking that God only invites key leaders. Excuse me. Do you think the back room is just for Pastor Barb and Pastor Norm? God's no respecter of people. He doesn't show favoritism. All of a sudden, I've got a... You're all like, then shut up and quit talking. I'm almost done. God is looking for true worshipers. Are you a true worshiper? 
You could be. What does a true worshiper look like? You? Me? Anybody that has the desire to feel their way toward God? To spend time with Him? That means wherever you're at, you turn off your stupid little cell phone. Please. Or your laptop. You cannot worship God and have your laptop going, ding! Oh, wait, new message. Got to check that out. Turn your monitor off. Whatever you got to do, focus on your Heavenly Father. Tell Him how much you love Him. Tell Him you want Him in your life. And then listen to how He responds back to you. And wait for Him to cover you with His presence. That's what a true worshiper does. They wait. They wait on the Lord. They wait. Sometimes they wait a long time. But waiting is worth it because when you wait, He will meet you there. Those who seek will find. Those who knock, the door will be open. Finally, thinking that you need a worship team to worship God. I already said this. I love worship. I love Pastor Roger and Mary and the whole team. It's, we've got a good thing going here. And music's good. It helps drown out all the other interference. The distractions, if you will. But it isn't always necessary. You can bring the music. How many of you have ever sang in the Spirit? It's a beautiful thing. And you may not sing in key, but if you're all by yourself, it's you and God. God can handle it. You generate the atmosphere that invites the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. You generate the atmosphere that invites the Holy Spirit to come. Music is just one tool to help keep us focused. I remember when Cheryl Salem spoke here uh, before COVID, and she said this. She said, God wants to play us like an instrument. Get that in your head just for a minute and picture him playing you. And sometimes I think when we let loose in the spirit, that's what God's doing. There's just this, you, you feel it. And he might even put a new song in you. That's when your worship hits a new level of intimacy and that's where you'll be thrilled and filled with his joy. Can I get a good amen? So I'm not saying not to use music. I'm just saying it isn't always necessary. As I begin to close, finally. Yes. As the people of hope, I believe that the Spirit wants us to begin to practice worship where we fully abandon ourselves and we enter into the Spirit realm meaning that we're willing to go all in in that secret place to worship the Lord. Let it begin in those quiet places, the secret places, the back room places, where it's just us and the Lord, the Holy Spirit. And the more we practice, the more that we're going to experience the thrill of being in His presence. And the more we do this outside the church, hear this part, the more powerful our worship times will be in the church. Why? Because we're already dialed in when we come in the doors. We won't have to wait until the worship leader or the pastor gets us in the Spirit. Would you stand? I know I'm going a little late. We've had a lot packed into this morning. Jesus paid the price. He's given us a VIP pass to the Father, an invitation. Use it, don't lose it. <laughs> and once you taste of God, you won't be satisfied with anything else. I wanted to finish with this quote from Colossians 
1, verses 11 through 14. This was one of Paul's prayers. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. God paid the price. And I believe that the way I'm going to end this today, and I asked Pastor Roger if he knew this song, and he said he could play it for us. You can go back to that next slide that you had up there. The Heart of Worship. I want us to sing this, and if you're led, you feel like you want to come. And I, I believe that by you taking that step, you're just saying to the Lord, Lord, I want, I want more. I, I want you. I want to go deeper. I want to experience the thrill of knowing you. And if you're not there yet, then make this a step of faith to say, Lord, I want this. Show me how. Let's sing this. Music fades And all is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's of worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart We tell you, Lord King of endless words, no one could express how much you deserve. You deserve it, Lord. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours. Every single breath, I will bring you, I'll bring you more than a song. For a song in itself is not what you have desired. You search much deeper within through the way things appear. You're looking into my heart. Oh, Lord, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. Sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about I am coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made. It's all about you. It's all about you.
Just tell them this this morning. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. He wants you this morning. Oh, Lord, I will. I'll bring you more than. Tell them this morning. I'll bring you more than a song. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours, Lord. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more. Every, every part of me locks to barrel. I am yours, Lord. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Tell him this morning, voices out. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Make this your prayer. Jesus, I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Hallelujah. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Tell him I'm coming back. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. Voices only. All about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you. One more time. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Because it's all about you, Jesus. I'll bring you more than a song. I'll bring you more than a song. Because it's all about you, Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just go out of here today just singing and worshiping and loving God and just letting Him impart something special. Father, thank You again for showing up here today, for allowing Your Spirit, Lord, to dwell with us. And Jesus... Just keep everybody safe as we come and go. Give us opportunity to, say, to share the love of God and, and to tell them what you have done in our lives. We commit this church, this family of believers, into your mighty hands. Those that are present, those that are online, God bless each one. We pray this again in the strong name of the Son of God. Who's, and everybody said, <laughs> have a great week. Thank you for coming.